episode 482 how to build confidence with dr aziz gazipura the awaken your alpha podcast tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you i'm adam lewis walker host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book awaken your alpha towels and tactics to thrive and it is my mission to share you the real stories the useful stuff the juicy stuff and the reality of what it takes so to thrive. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my bag. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can get this completely free 45 minute training masterclass on how to land your TEDx talk in 90 days or less without wasting your time on the wrong opportunities. That training is brand new for 2021. You can jump over there, talkaccelerator.com forward slash masterclass. That's talk X C E L E R A T O R.com. It really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. All links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes at ayalpha.com. Get to the podcast. Okay, enjoy the show. This week on the show, we're all about unstoppable confidence. We have Aziz Gazipur on the line, Dr. Aziz, I should say, a four-time best-selling author. He's got a podcast as well, Shrink for the Shy Guy. He's got a lot we can talk about. I'm really excited for the show. I've met him in person, which is always my preference. Aziz, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Let's do it, man. I'm looking forward to this. Awesome. So what would you like to add or highlight to that pretty brief introduction I did for you? Well, I am all about helping as many people as possible reach a higher level of confidence. But what it doesn't say in the bio is why I'm obsessed with that. And that's because it's coming from a place where I lived for many years with very low confidence, high levels of social anxiety, low self-esteem. And once I discovered that it was possible to actually shift that, it set me on the mission that I'm doing here. It's been the last 17 years I've been focused on this. And so uh, there, there's a passion there that I absolutely love helping people, no matter where they are, no matter what their confidence is, to realize that it's a skill, it's a muscle, and that we can all grow in that area. Awesome. And you touched on your origins there a bit. Where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? Tell us a little bit about because I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, but I might guess that you growing up, you didn't think I want to be like the confidence guy, but tell us a little <laughs> bit about your journey. Yeah, I did. I had someone recently ask me an interview. So when did you decide to become Mr. Confidence? When I was six, <laughs> when I was six, yeah. they said, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. I want to be Mr. Confidence. <laughs> Mr. Confidence. Uh, no, I mean, that really been that, awesome, by the way. <laughs> that, that is a great answer. Um, well, so uh, I grew up in, in California here in the United States, and now I live in, in Oregon. But I, I, you know, as a young kid, I think I was just a little bit on the shyer side, but it really kicked into high gear when I was about 10, 11 years old. And that's when I started to feel a lot more uh, social inhibition, a lot of concern about what other people would think. And then, you know, that's not totally unusual at that age, but for me, it started to build and started to spiral into these stories of lack of self-worth, not good enough, who'd wanna interact with me. And the problem is when you really get those stories at a young age, you tend to bring them with you wherever you go. And so I'd go to a new school, a new environment. I get older, I go into high school, I went into university, like everywhere I went, I would bring that with me. And um, so what led to the shift was reaching a threshold moment of pain 
and for me, that was around dating and relationships. That was the biggest pain. As a, as a young man, you want to be able to date. That's huge. That's huge, man. I, I feel your pain. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a key thing. When you're a young man, there's, there's not that much stuff on your mind, but that's definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah. And, and, to, and to feel like not, you know, not only like lonely or wanting that connection, but then have a story that that's not, that's not possible ever. And that's really, really what I believed. I had stories about that I was ugly, that I was not good enough, that I was not charming, that I was not whatever. And uh, then it led to, so at that point, I was anything but Mr. Confidence. I was, I was Mr. Social Anxiety. Mm. But there was a threshold moment of pain where I realized, and I was 21 years old, I realized if, if I don't figure this out, my life is going to be awful in so many ways so restrict i'm not going to live i didn't use this language at the time but looking back it was like if i don't figure this out i'm not living the life that i meant to live yeah i'm not awakening that alpha inside of me and so then then there was this hunger and even then it wasn't like i'm gonna be mr confidence then it was just like i gotta figure out how to get to how to get a date <laughs> and then <laughs> well interestingly when you said that especially because obviously for an english person when americans ever say 21 i just think beer because i just think you know it's, it still baffles me this you know 21 year old drinking age thing so I, when you said when i was 21 i had this epiphany i'm like did you have a beer but around this obviously anxiety and fear are very closely linked and and obviously to confidence as well and kind of the, the flip side of it how how did fear play into that and why do you think it evolved kind of in in a negative way for you that you know it was really holding you back well, yeah, I mean, I love what you're saying. It really does come back to fear. And it's how we perceive the fear and how we, what we do in response to it. And so what I would do is I would perceive the fear as in great danger. Better not do it. And we're doing this all the time, you know, in our own lives. We feel fear, but we can feel fear about anything. And then do we say, wow, that's just a worry. It's not that big, you know, I can handle it or not that big of a deal. Or do we say, yeah, I'm scared because there's great danger. And then when we think there's a lot of danger, so for me, someone not liking me or me approaching a woman and asking her out, you know, would lead to, it would be, there'd be horrible danger is the, is the perception inside. And as a result, what I would do is I would, I would avoid, I would avoid any sort of putting myself out there, any sort of action. And what that does, that perpetuates the cycle because then I can totally live in my story. If I approach that person, they would reject me. I'm not going to do it. Well, there are, now I know. I have no counter evidence. I'm, it's a closed loop. And then on top of that, you can start to feed in stories that say, well, of course they would reject me because no one likes me or I'm not good enough. And then you find evidence for that. And you build this whole elaborate case. And it's got these stories upon stories, and it's all built upon this, this illusion mm. and this fear underneath. And so the, I, I really do think that it was a lack of courage that I experienced. And, and part of the growth that I experienced, what I help people with now to build confidence is to build our, our muscle of courage, our habit of courage, and, and figuring out how we can activate something inside of us that is willing to step into the unknown, willing to take a risk, willing to get rejected in the service of what it is that we think is important and what we want to create. Who helped awaken your alpha? Was there any uh, key figures and it doesn't have to be physically there? or it could be someone inspired you from afar just in, in the work they've done or a book or, you know, was there anyone who said the right thing at the right time? Yeah. Uh, there was one person that was like the initial teacher I had. Um, and it was, he went by the pen name, David D'Angelo, but it was, uh, Evan Pagan. who was a, um, marketing, uh, 
business coach teacher now, mm -hmm. but back in the day he wrote a program or had a program called double your dating. And that was <laughs> the very first thing that I, and here's a funny story about that is I, you know, in, in the years that I was struggling, it's not like I didn't try anything. I would yeah. try things, and, but I remember I didn't really actively study and apply anything. I would just kind of ask friends or look around. But I remember at one point I was getting pretty close to that threshold moment and I downloaded an ebook called Double Your Dating. And I spent like, you know, seven or 17 bucks on it or whatever and, and, and flipped through it. And it, man, I, I'd, I'd have a date maybe once every five months. It was pretty, I'd, I'd slowly work up my courage, slowly. And so this is one of those moments where I had a date and I was like, let me read that double your dating book. And so I start flipping through it and I'm like, I can't do any of this stuff because it was so different than how I operated. I'd operated from a place of uh, pleasing and uh, approval seeking and excessive niceness, uh, not just with women, but with everyone. And this yeah. book was talking about being a lot more centered in yourself, um, not, not chasing her, not needing so much, just being more okay with whether she likes you or doesn't, mm. you know, more, more solid in yourself. And I was like, oh God, that sounds, I can't do that. And so <laughs> I, I, I flipped through it, put it aside, didn't do any of it. Uh, and then got rejected by her, had another go around, another five months later, again, had a date with a woman. And then again, after that first date, she didn't want to talk to me. And that was that threshold moment where I was like, I have to figure this out. So I went back to the book, read the whole thing, got his like, you know, eight hour audio mastery course. And, and it's not just about buying the course, right? It was like, I was going to do whatever it said. Commitment. Yeah. Up in the your commitment. commitment was well, yeah. Pivotal moment from those early trainings was like, you can observe the way you talk to yourself. You can observe the ideas you have about yourself, your beliefs, and you can change these things, which is very basic to personal growth and development. But that was new for me. And that really opened up a whole new world, that, that a possibility. Talking of open up a, a whole new world, how do you help people? Or how do you think people can, listening to this as well, can go about you know, working to achieve that unstoppable confidence? Because it is huge, no matter how talented uh, and skillful you are. You know, if you don't believe in yourself, you don't have that confidence to put yourself out into these situations, you're kind of done for it's it's like they say it's no life and I, I i believe that so i mean what are some of the practical steps people can take to start building their confidence you know brick by brick yeah i love brick by brick because that's really how it works and it's i'd say it can be distilled down into into two key things um, and the first one is one that we all on one level know but it's some form of bold action some form of stepping outside of your comfort zone, some sort of doing something towards the outcome that you want. And we all know this, but I think people will, what we don't know how to do is like how to actually get ourselves to do it. And the most powerful way to do it is going to be to find a, a small incremental step in that direction and commit to consistently doing that. And so, for example, and I do this with people all the time, they want to, you know, just be bold and confident in a work setting, whether it's speaking in front of a group or leading a meeting or whatever. Right now, they either can't do it or they're just so uncomfortable inside. And so what we want to do is we want to say, okay, how can you consistently do that every single day when you're at work? A small version of that. Because what people will do is they'll be like, oh, I'm so scared of this thing. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Okay, fine. I'll try it once. And I'll see how it goes. And then if it feels okay, I'll do it again. And, that, and then we're lost. 
because it's like anything we need to commit to consistency around doing it. So it might be like, okay, um, I'm uncomfortable in meetings at work. Uh, for the next 30 days at work, uh, what's something small? For the next seven days, the next five, the next work week, can I speak up once in that meeting? Just once, just a small thing. And does that, that's a little uncomfortable. Okay, great, I'll do that for five days. Then the next week, can I step it up a little bit? The next week, and this is called gradual exposure, and this there's like tons of research articles that this like actually works, and we know it works. It's just a matter of consistently doing it. And one thing that I do with, I do it myself, I, I encourage all my clients to do it, and this is like a, a token, it's a gesture to yourself, and it has also physiological benefits as well, is to either do an entirely cold shower every morning or turn your water on cold at the end of your shower. And it's, it's, it's a, a message that, that like you're that. saying, <laughs> saying like, hey, I'm going to face discomfort today. I'm going to, and, and, and I don't have to do it all day long. It's just like, I have to do it once a day though. And if you do one thing a day that makes you uncomfortable or scares you a little bit, uh, your confidence will skyrocket because confidence is a byproduct of action. I like the other thing as well about like, like I'm going to do it. And also when I choose to, uncomfortable and fearful situations are going to come for you, but just that, you know, like you say, the shower, turn, you chose when to do that and how long for. So if you've got these tasks, things that are, you, you know, you are afraid of, choose when to do it. So then maybe yes. when it gets dropped on you, as it will do at some point, you're going to, you know, not freak out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's training. So, for example, if you've been doing one thing that's uncomfortable every day, it's a small thing. Then when life does throw you something bigger or you have to make a change, like just recently we had to, we were, we were shifting something in my company and we had to let one our, our the company we we're doing sales with let them go and bring in something figure it out and it was a big shift and it was uncomfortable and there's feelings involved people were upset and if i had not been training in a sense and building that muscle i would have either never taken that action or been just totally overwhelmed and so you can think of it as a form of fitness mm -hmm. that it, it's a discomfort tolerance is what i like to call it so that's one side and and that is going to, that's like the um, outward masculine kind of yang energy. But what I see often doesn't, where, where people fall short is they don't have the counterbalance to that. And that's like the yin, restorative, nurturing, feminine energy. Because if we try to be like, I'm just going to do what scares me, do what scares me, do what scares me. You can get pretty <laughs> go, out of go, balance go. with that. And, and, and there's also, um, it might seem like it's going to be the fastest, but people will start to procrastinate. They'll start to burn out. They'll start to avoid, even though they, they're telling themselves they should. And then they just try to beat themselves up in their head and it doesn't work, and then they get jammed up. And so what we need is every one of those actions that you take that makes you uncomfortable, you wanna have just a little bit of space to slow down and let yourself breathe and feel and allow it. So, you know, and it could be uh, before or after. And so there, I'm, I'm scared to uh, approach that person. I'm scared to say no to somebody okay, I'm, I know I'm going to say no to somebody today because I have it on, I'm going to do it. And then maybe you take five minutes in the morning and you just like, imagine saying no to that person. And you'll be like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. And you just bring your attention into that area and you breathe and you soften and you just hold it and you just accept that you surrender to that feeling and you're just giving it attention. It's a very sort of loving, mindful thing. And, and you can do it also after, after you say the no and you're like, oh God, oh, then you can, again, take five minutes and just be with it and i have a powerful audio where i guide people through this if uh, i'm uh, my, one of my book pages notniceBook.com. um you can go there and it's called the peace process and i just guide people through how to be with an uncomfortable feeling because if we just are do 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 we can start to operate on top of those feelings and we can be more stressed more anxious more irritable 
harder to stop, harder to slow down, because we're, we're almost like running from the feelings, even though we're taking bold action. So we need to be able to take bold action in the world, but then we also need to be able to slow down and just be with our feelings for a few minutes, because at the end of the day, that is the most courageous act, is to be able to feel anything and be centered as you do it and work through it. And then if you have that, then you have like the bold action side, but you also have the depth and the human connection and the social and emotional awareness and intelligence to be kind as you take bold action, to be considerate of yourself and others. So it's this beautiful mixture. If you combine the two of those, that's a formula for unstoppable confidence. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. Get this completely free training masterclass on how to become a TEDx speaker. And you can jump over Talk X C E L E R A T O R dot com forward slash masterclass. Really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. On that note, we are moving into the alpha round. I like to start that off with Is there a particular quote that's either a favorite quote for you or one that really just sums up your approach to life? You may have already said it. One that I have at my events is um, do what scares you until fear has no power to stop you. And then the other quote, which I learned from one of my teachers, which is the other side of it, which is all of our fears are fears of feelings. And if you really get that one, it is one of the most liberating things in the world because so much of our fear is what if this happens and what if that happens? And you realize if that, whatever that is, is, is means you're just going to have some feelings about it. And if you can, if you know that you can handle any feeling, then you're free. Awesome. Has there been a particular impactful book for you that you, you either read at the right time or it's just an all time favorite book? Sure. I would say I love letting go by David Hawkins. Oh, I don't know that one. I'm always, that one. It, it seems it's getting rarer these days when I get a new book suggestion. Uh, yeah. So this it's, it's, um, Ooh. called uh, the pathway to surrender and it is it's it's really that second side you know because you know i love the book feel the fear and do it anyway i there's a lot of books about like go do the thing Ooh. one of my favorite books on fear is um the 50th law by robert green and 50 cent have you ever read that one i have yeah what yeah think about that one because that's one i i really like that one it's been a long time yeah um, all I mainly remember is like 50 cent stories in there and really enjoying those. <laughs> well, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, obviously, I have it literally next to, you know, 48 Laws of Power Mastery, and they are massive books. You know, they are really, you know, in depth, huge books. And then the 50th Law is more of like a, a 200 page kind of thing. And it's, and like you say, it's got that, you, you, you know, 50 cent and his life is fascinating. Anyway, we're getting off the point. I just was curious because as, as one kind of confidence fear man, I'm, I'm just very interested in this sort of stuff. Awesome book recommendation. Linked to that, I mean, you talked about, you know, the shower and habits like that. Is there a resource or something you use within your business or life that helps you stay on the straight and narrow? So I, I, I'm a big believer in, in having some sort of morning routine. Um, it varies. Uh, I, this has been a study of mine and with my clients of like, well, how do we sustain a, a morning routine? And for me, uh, novelty is key. So shifting it up every mm. as needed, but something in the morning is going to set me. And so sometimes it's more um, meditative. Sometimes it's more active, whatever it is. That's a big one. 
Um, and I use an app called Habit Share, which I really like, which helps track your habit, but you can share it with other people so they can see if you're doing your habit or not. So it's a fun way to be accountable. Um, and then I'm a, I've, I've benefited greatly from having a meditation practice where I'll do that uh, for at least, usually about 30 minutes a day as a formal meditation and then throughout the day as needed. And that one's been huge, uh, especially to kind of calm that. I, have, I can have like a ramped up, hard driving, faster, somewhat anxious kind of energy as I do stuff. And that really helps balance me out. And then the third one is, um, you know, this is not a, this is a resource that I think everyone has, but we might not take full advantage of, but I certainly do, is having relationships in your life where you can be 100% real with people and you go to them with what's going on and, and they do the same and you make a priority to support each other. And so I have that with my wife and I also have that with several friends as well. And, and it takes a, a decision and a commitment to be transparent and to have, okay, who are the people in my life that I'm gonna take down that facade and, and saying I have it all together and instead being able to share like, hey, I'm struggling with this or what are your thoughts on that? And, and then vice versa, being able to, to, to be there when someone reaches out to you. And then the, there's the people and then there's the challenge of reaching out when you want that support. And I think, as, especially as men, there can be a sense of like, I'm just gonna handle this myself. And, and it's not even like a conscious, oh, I should reach out. No, I won't, I'll handle it. It just doesn't even come to mind. And, and I, I can still fall in this after all these years. So I, I think about, okay, who are those people? I call them my core four, core four friendships, relationships. Who are the four, the four people that I wanna have in that, in that close rotation where we, where we have a commitment to supporting each other? Because we need that um, now more than ever. And if you have that, that can help you stay on track you know, e- even more than, that I say, a personal routine. You touched on sort of now more than ever. So as the recording of this um, episode, we're in 2020. So, I mean, and we're talking about confidence and fear and stuff. What's your, your take on how to best handle these times we're in? You know, because there's a lot of people who are not confident in the future. Yes. It's an amplification of what already is there. I think the majority of people, at least in the United States, I don't know how it is in the UK, in a, in a survey, believe the future is going to be worse anyway. And so... Wow. And that was predating this. This That's is a shame in it, but yeah, I, I it does not surprise me. It's high. It's like it's like something uh, equivalent or it's it like ninety percent. <laughs> it's very high, and so so that's if you think about that from an individual perspective, our our personal. If you don't have a compelling future, if you think the future is going to be the same or worse, uh, that's that's going to be problematic for your own energy, enthusiasm ability to move forward and create your creativity. And so collectively have that now it's just turned up. Mm. Um, and I think that we, it's, it's humans individually and especially collectively can have a, this is the end times fear that arises like this thing, this is the end of it all, you know? And so that there's an element, there's a, there's some degree of that happening. I'd say in the people that's sort of like, Oh, it's all going to be over. And, and I would say that, you know, this comes from, um, I think it was Thich Nhat Hanh, or maybe, maybe it was the Dalai Lama. I don't remember, but I absolutely love this quote. And he said, if, if, if you feel like there's too much going on and you're too stressed out or you're too busy to meditate uh, for, he was saying an hour a day, because you know, they're hardcore. Yeah. But he's like, to meditate an hour a day, if you're too busy, too stressed out, too fearful, 
then uh, meditate two hours a day. <laughs> and, and, love I, and I it. love that. I love that. Yeah, I love and so, it. And so whether it's, you know, an hour meditation or whatever oh. your thing is, but, what, but what's most important right now, when you feel too stressed out, too feel for the future, whatever's going on, it, we, we must have even more discipline with our own practices that help you stay grounded. Because that's what the name of the game is here. Because here's the thing. Uh, when there's a crisis, more is needed. More of your perception, more of your intelligence, more of your heart, more of your... And so when we, we need to be able to center ourselves and then make decisions according to whatever's happening. And just think about that. Imagine that there was a, a surgery going on and, and there was a crisis, like something was happening and the patient was sort of flatlining or whatever. And the surgeon was like, oh my God, oh my God, what do we do? I don't know. You know, it, it's like, that's, a, that's, a, that's an alarming image. You want that surgeon to be like, okay, what's that? Give me that data. What's this thing? Like you want them centered. And you know, whatever's gonna happen to that patient they're going to have a much better chance of everything if you're able to be centered. So I say be, be centered. And then also, I think, you know, the, as my journey to confidence, it started with like dating confidence. And then it went to like social confidence. I want to be confident around anyone. I'm going to talk to men, women, groups, whatever. Then public speaking confidence. And then business confidence. And as I've grown, my fascination has actually been with spiritual confidence. Because I realized the highest level of confidence comes from Latin means confides means with faith. And so with faith in what? With faith in yourself, with faith in your abilities, with faith in humanity, with faith in something bigger. And I realized that to, to navigate life with the most confidence possible, we need to have something that we're trusting in. And everyone's got to find that that's a very personal uh, in discovery. But for me, I found uh, I find Taoism to be a really powerful philosophy and and more broad senses of like there, there is a universal intelligence. There is whether or not it's clear to us, the universe is unfolding as it should. And it's and it's it's our ability to, to be able to slow down and plug into that, take the divine guidance, find our intuition and then take the next next best action. And I believe that's true for us as individuals and collectively dealing with your own confidence was obviously the core driver and what you needed you it was a must to sort that out basically but then it's still a big step to now this being a key piece of your business and talking on on podcasts and stages about this specific subject so talk to us about when you, the decision to move from your personal confidence to obviously helping others and, and and your business ultimately as it is now i'm very curious about that as well and you know so please do just kind of Tell it, fill yeah. in that gap because that's for me as a as a as just a person i'm like i'm curious about that <laughs> yeah well i mean that i think that's a natural progression is as we grow and and solve a problem or overcome things there's a natural urge to want to contribute and help others with the same and so that's what i began doing and it started as a as a clinical psychologist because I, I got a doctorate in psychology i thought that was the pathway to help people mm -hmm. and so i was working as a therapist and then i realized that i wanted to help people specifically with confidence, not just any challenge they're facing. And I wanted to reach a lot more people. So I started to move it online. I started to teach, record tons of videos, started the podcast, wrote books, um, and just really put the message out there of, hey, confidence is a muscle. We can learn this. And ultimately it's, it's the stages, right? The confidence to be able to yeah. put yourself out there, to say hi, to say, to say no when you need to, to be more authentically yourself. But the more we follow that chain up, 
the more it's really about you being 100% unapologetically you. You discovering who you really are, separate from what your parents told you, separate from what other kids said about you, separate from any story or idea you have from the culture about how you should be in order to be good enough, and actually really discovering who are you really, what are you here to do, and then having the confidence to share that. And so I'm living that through my business right now and finding creative ways to teach people, support people, guide people on that journey to greater confidence. And on that note, what is the best way people can connect with you if they want to find out more and continue the conversation? Yeah, I love it. So my, you can go to my website. It's draziz.com, D-R-A-Z-I-Z.com. And there you can find out about, I mean, there's a lot of the, the free resources that I have, including my sh- uh, podcast, Shrink for the Shy Guy. I have a YouTube, active YouTube channel, um, as well as you can find out about my books. And then if you want to go further, we have free trainings. Like my, my philosophy is to help as many people as I can for free. And then whoever wants to go further, um, we have coaching, we have live events, we have online events, and we have um, a mastermind program that I run. Yeah, very similar philosophy. So I, I like that a lot. It's been an absolute pleasure today. Thank you so much for the time. I love it. Thank you. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com forward slash masterclass and you can get this completely free training masterclass on how to become a TEDx speaker and thought leader without desperately chasing and wasting your time on the wrong opportunities really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. All right, have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.